0: The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed to those of the participants do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the TOSD podcast uh, here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts, and also on soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the podcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I am Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Timeout for Sports Talk television show available on BMC channels 9 and 29, and also on demand at Belmont belmontmedia.com. Dot .org Well folks it's uh, that time of year where i uh, tend to ask myself where in the world did the summer go and it also means that it's uh, time to uh, help get everyone ready, including myself, in the interest of full disclosure, probably more me than you out there listening. But again, uh, we're, we're helping everybody around, and that's, that's just fine when it comes to uh, their fantasy football drafts. Hopefully yours is still coming up in the next few days uh, before the start of the regular season. And uh, once again, to help us with all that, I am very pleased for the fourth consecutive year. My, how the time flies. Uh, we have someone here who actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to fantasy football that would be ryan hallam he is the owner of fighting chance fantasy uh, the website uh, fa- fightingchancefantasy.com fighting chance it's a great go-to site featuring uh, plenty of mock drafts player news and uh, weekly podcasts. unlike uh, like my podcasts, which are like very random and are actually also podcasts in theory so i guess uh technically i don't do any podcasts here at all uh but anyway let's bring ryan hallam on board ryan how are you doing tonight doing great time
1: it's Good to join you again for our fourth year in a row looking forward to it always a good time
0: yeah i know and then for the second year in a row uh, we're actually doing this uh, a little later than we uh, did when we first started doing it uh, last year we uh, did this uh, we did our uh, show on the 28th of august and again it's the 28th of august once again this year and we are uh, doing it uh, hopefully uh, the timing is good um, that most folks have yet to have any of their Fantasy football drafts. I'm in the midst of three leagues, including one with you, which thankfully is just a uh, for fun league. I would think if it was a more competitive league with uh, actual uh, some sort of a uh, a prize to be had, uh, that uh, you probably wouldn't be as forthcoming with some of your fantasy information. So, uh, but I'm but I'm glad it, I'm glad that's the case, and that you can uh, actually help me with my other two leagues where there's a little bit more on the line, shall we say.
1: Always. I am, I am here for the people, as they say, Todd. Yes. Fire away.
0: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad for that. Uh, you know, it's I was interesting. I was going back, uh, kind of prepping for this and uh, trying to remember. Uh, by the way, this is actually the first time in the four years that we did not have a technical glitch to start the show. We almost had one because I almost did not have your uh, your sound up, but uh, thankfully I remembered before you actually started talking. So... There you go. Hopefully that's a good sign for the rest of the show. <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, you know, I was, I was going back last year, and, you know, I have to admit you uh, you were pretty good on a couple of your uh, picks and guys maybe just, you know, in general uh, – one of the uh, folks she said to stay away from last year was Rob Gronkowski. You just didn't think he, you know, he was going to live up to uh, the hype of where he was getting drafted, and ultimately he had a, a very poor statistical year—less uh, than 50 catches and only three touchdowns—a very ungronk light year. And of course, sadly, now it looks like it will be uh, his last year as uh, it, a fantasy football star uh, of any sort. And then you also uh, had said that you didn't want to have anything to do with Andrew Luck. Which, granted, I guess last year when he won Comeback Player of the Year wasn't a great pick. But uh, now in hindsight, I I guess if you said the same thing, if we had had this show say a week ago, you'd be looking very prescient.
1: Yeah, and a week ago I was very high on him. I kind of learned my lesson last year, and it was just he was coming off you know the the shoulder injuries from the the previous year, and uh, I just felt that there was it was just more of a gamble than than what I thought, it might be worse. Um, and, of course, I was proven very, very wrong as he had a, a marvelous year. So this year, of course, I was, uh, you know, all gung-ho for Andrew Luck. Um, even through the, the injury, I, I thought he'd be okay. and So I'm kind of happy he kind of pulled the trigger. So uh, I didn't look bad on predicting him for the second year in a row.
0: Well, you know, let's start before we uh, dive into uh, positional, uh, you know who's the best who's the worst guys to you know definitely draft and those two definitely avoid let's kind of start with the the big news of the week which is the Andrew Luck uh, retirement which came uh, a little bit out of the blue I imagine you've already had several of uh, you've already participated in several drafts of your own and I don't know if you uh, you acquired Luck in any of those or had drafted him but uh, You know, how is this just overall affecting uh, drafting at the quarterback position? Because, I mean, last year, Andrew Luck was the fifth highest ranked uh, quarterback in terms of fantasy points and probably would have been expected with an even better team around him, uh, you know, better skill players and whatnot to, you know, again, be another, you know, have another top five year.
1: Yeah, and uh, sadly, yes, I I did have a draft that I had picked him in. Uh, so clearly, uh, well, I mean, I picked more than one quarterback in that draft, but I certainly will be uh, letting go of him as soon as I it's possible. As, uh, I know some people are kind of thinking, hoping maybe he might change his mind, but I really uh, don't see that happening. Uh, so, yeah, it, it I don't know that changes the quarterback landscape all that much, uh, just because the position is really, really, really deep this year. Um, it, you know, I know I'm you guys are based in New England, and your own Tom Brady is being drafted as you know, sometimes the thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth quarterback off the board. And I, I've, I've yet to have been able to figure out exactly why that is. Um, but there's just, there's still a, a just so many good young quarterbacks that come into the league in the past few years. Um, you know, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, guys like that. That the position has gotten really deep. You yeah, still have the veterans like Phil Rivers, uh Brees. It, it's just. It's just, it seems like it's almost a, a never ending list of quality quarterbacks. So, well, yeah, it certainly hurts taking luck uh, losing luck. You know, a lot of people had him as their number one, well, not a lot. I'm sorry. A lot of people had him as their number two. Some people had him as their number one. Uh, so it is a blow to the position, but there's still so many good options that it really doesn't I don't think it it really changes the way you should draft the position.
0: I'm a little surprised that you're saying that you're surprised that Brady is still, uh, you know, being thought of as maybe the 14th or 15th best quarterback on the board. And I say that because as I was looking at last year's fantasy scoring for the quarterback position, Brady ranked 14th. He didn't have that great of a year. And, of course, now with Gronkowski out of the picture, the odds are I think most people would probably tend to look at Brady and go, he's another year older. He's lost his uh, great tight end. Even though maybe Gronk didn't have big numbers last year and the thinking is, well, you know, who is Brady gonna throw to? I mean he's got a lot he's got Edelman back, but there's a lot of unreliable folks uh, uh surrounding him, including uh you were unsure about Josh Gordon when he was a Cleveland Brown. I don't know if you feel any better about Josh Gordon now that he's a New England patriot and has been reinstated. I uh,
1: mean, you know, I think there's some talent there, but I think it's just a matter of time before we see Josh Gordon either taking time away from the team or the league mandating he takes time away from the team, uh, you know, with a little, another screw-up or another suspension. So uh, Gordon is not someone that I'm all that excited about uh, from a fantasy perspective. Just the, the risk is just astronomical. And, you know, he had a few good games last year, but overall he was he was fairly average most of the time. So, you know, it's not like I see people you know drafting as their second wide receiver, and I think that's bananas uh, based on the uh, – the production over the past few years but here's my question with Brady I mean Gronk hasn't been a consistent force in a number of years due to injuries you know he's always a a risk I'm sorry a threat when he's in there Uh, but he's spent a lot of time either injured or you know banged up on the field so I don't know that losing him sure you know there's always someone that the defense has to pay attention to but uh, and here's, here's the other point I mean outside of Randy Moss you know, Tom Brady has not exactly spent his career with just a multitude of of household names at wide receiver. He uh, he just he the system and him just turn average players into you know better than average players. You know, Julian Edelman was was nothing before he came over. Danny Amendola was nothing when he came over. Uh, so it just Brady just continues to keep on keeping on. Uh, Forty three hundred yards and twenty nine touchdowns last year. Still a really good year. Uh, for someone maybe going as the 14th quarterback off the board, you know, this Jacoby Myers is looking really good in the preseason. We'll see if that translates to the regular season, but uh, with a solid running game, that's going to keep the uh, you know the defense maybe off him a little bit, and we all know, you know, even when the defense does get to Brady, he cries his way until the, you know, the refs throw a flag, so uh, uh. I, 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 until I see Brady fall, I'm not going to believe it's going to happen. He just, he doesn't get touched, and, and just the system is so good. If he threw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns this year, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, Ryan. And you're also, of course, coming uh, from this as a non-Patriots fan. I can hear your, your, your non-Patriot pious uh, uh, screaming over the, uh, like, the um, phone line here. I, I
1: don't dislike them. I live, I live in New York. Uh, where pretty much everyone hates them because you're either a Giants fan who's beaten them in two Super Bowls or a Jets fan who's been uh, humbled by them for 20 years. But I, I, I have a lot of Patriots friends. I, I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I don't root for them actively by any stretch, but I, I'm not one of these people that hates when they win. I, they're better than everybody else. Beat them.
0: Well, yeah, you're right. You're right on that front. Uh, what I would counter with with you, you brought up Jacoby Myers. Now, history says yes, Brady has you know uh, to use the term uh, making chicken salad out of chicken bleep. Uh, Brady's done a good job taking you know maybe ordinary receivers and bringing them up to a level where, from a fantasy football perspective, they can actually help you. I would say here, when you look at the Patriots as far as their receiving depth chart, I mean, obviously Edelman is still someone you would rank, you know, not at the very top tier of wide receivers, but yeah, he's reliable, dependable, as long as he can stay healthy. And you brought up some of the uncertainties with Gordon. When you bring up someone like a Jacoby Myers, who's a rookie, or Nikhil Harry, who who was a a first-round draft pick, first time Bill Belichick ever took a receiver in the first round in in his 20 years coaching the Patriots – and the, the problem is that if you look at Brady's history with rookie wide receivers, it's not very good. And in fact, the one time where we saw Brady in the preseason, uh, he threw three times to Jacoby Myers. They didn't connect at all. And I, I get it. That's a small sample size. On the other hand, then Jarrett Stidham came in off the bench. And, you know, Myers has great chemistry with Stidham, which might be helpful, of course, you know, if Brady goes down. But, you know, if Brady's going down, then as, as Patriots fans, we're not too uh, probably happy with that prospect.
1: Yeah, oh, God, no, the season's over if that happens. Uh, also, Philip Dorsett was a former first-round pick of the Colts. I mean, so there's, there's guys with some talent there. Of course, you know, they've missed over the years, uh, you know, Aaron Dobson and guys like that that they've, they've drafted and, and didn't work out. So, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not saying, for you know, by any stretch that I'm counting on these guys or, you know, I'm, I'm actively targeting Myers. But basically, to me, in the history of watching the Patriots, if you can catch Brady, he'll throw you the ball. So, you know, it's... What it's going to come down to. I, I don't know that anyone outside of of Edelman is a, uh, and I guess Gordon, although I'm not going to do it. You know, is, is a receiver that you go into the year with high hopes of, of great fantasy value. But like I said, I mean, Brady just he just he just does it every year, and, and you don't know where it's going to come from or who it's going to be uh, from week to week. But. I, I can't doubt the guy. I, I I would be fine taking him as my starting quarterback on a week-to-week basis.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, maybe maybe I'll even think about that in one of my leagues uh, this year if I if I'm uh, really pressed against it. Let. While well, before we get into kind of general fantasy football drafting and all that, since we're talking Patriots. Uh, do you have any other Patriots players at other skill positions, like say from the running back spot or or even maybe Steven Gostowski, uh, the place kicker, uh, where, you know, uh, like any of these guys that you would look at as high picks or sleeper picks, or where would you uh, rank any of them on your board?
1: Well, kickers aren't real people, so I don't know about Gostowski, but if- They may not be
0: real, but you do have to draft them in fantasy football.
1: And clearly, he's going to be a good one. Uh, you know, the Patriots score a lot of points, and, uh, you know, he's proven to be able to kick in the winter in New England. So uh, I know he had not the best year last year, uh, but he does have a, a long history of success. Uh, so definitely, Guskowski is, is one of the better kickers out there. Uh, I just, I, both running backs, I love Sonny Michel. Uh, people keep saying, oh, Belichick, you don't know who he's going to. When Michelle was healthy, he was the guy. Uh, he was getting. 13 to 20 carries a game. He was successful when he was in there. He's a pretty big dude around the goal line, so I, I love Sony Michel. I think he's a great pick, and he's kind of going, you know, in the 20s as far as running. he you the know, 21st, 22nd running back off the board, and I think that he he's a great value there. And of course, James White. Uh, if you're in a PPR league, I don't know if he'll be quite as good as he was last year, uh, but he is clearly uh, him and Brady. Uh, Brady's, Brady's uh, you know safety net. When when things break down, or even when they don't break down, you know a lot of a lot of uh, set plays to James White as well. So uh, either one either one of the running backs I really like. Tight end, uh, you know they've got a few guys out there, and, but no one that I'm uh, counting on.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I wouldn't either. I mean the best uh, the best of the bunch is probably 38 year old Benjamin Watson, and he's going to be missing the first four weeks of the season on suspension anyway so yeah that's a I mean that's and that's gonna you know have an effect on the whole Patriot offense where you know you used to have Gronk there for Brady and the tight end was heavily involved in the offense now I think the tight end is gonna be looked at more really as a blocking position and maybe every once in a blue moon, Brady, to just try to, you know, catch the defense surprised or whatever may throw, you know, to his tight end. But I think most of it's going to be, you know, maybe someone like James White. Actually, you brought up White. I, I thought his numbers were a little down last year because I had him in a couple of leagues. And, you know, he had, a, he had maybe a handful of really big games, but otherwise he was kind of quiet at times. Maybe he gets more involved, uh, you know, from a pass-catching aspect this year, uh, especially with the absence of uh, no good pass-catching tight ends. Definitely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on here, and uh, I guess my first question to you, uh, Ryan. Again, this is Ryan Hallam from Fighting Chance Fantasy, our annual uh, TOSD Toddcast Fantasy Football Preview. Hopefully, we're getting you ready for your drafts. Um, you, so, you've already taken part in, obviously in several uh, drafts, as you had mentioned with the you know the unfortunate Andrew Luck uh, selection. But uh, what do you find to be the the trend this year? Is it similar to the last couple of years where uh, again, I think we brought this up at the beginning of last year's show. There aren't a lot of big stud, or as well, I'm calling them, bell cow running backs out there, the guys who take the bulk of the carries. So you're finding where, you know, for a while, receivers and quarterbacks were getting involved in the first round. It looks like more and more it's like becoming all running backs in the in the first round of most 10 or 12-team leagues.
1: Absolutely, and that trend, it might even be getting more severe this year than it was last year. Uh, you know, we have a few writers on the site as well, and we had a guy who eleventh overall uh, got DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is the, the number one wide receiver. And it's because ten running backs went in the first ten picks. Uh, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. There, there are you know more instances where, where coaches are trying to keep their big guy uh, healthy and, and you know giving seven to ten carries to someone someone else. Uh, so we are seeing uh, even more so now this year a, uh, a trend for running backs going early and and not just in the first, round, like, in the first four rounds, but like, you could get to the end of the the fourth round and you could be looking at 20 running backs off the board uh so and and once you get past the top 20 it, it starts to be a number of quarterback uh, i sorry question marks uh now with the, the Melvin Gordon holdout, the Ezekiel Elliott holdout, it's just muddying the waters even more, so yeah, and, and I've been going with that trend, is I, I really, in most drafts, try to take two running backs in the first three rounds to make sure that i got two guys I feel pretty uh, strongly about.
0: Yeah, but there becomes the question you brought up uh, between Gordon and Elliott holding out, I mean, are there even really 10 kind of bell cow or, you know, uh, just running backs who are going to get a lot of uh, touches?
1: Yeah, I still think there's, I would say maybe, 15 or 16 that I that I still feel pretty good about, um, but it, but there there are a lot of question marks. You know, you have uh, Nick Chubb in Cleveland and. And you have Kareem Hunt that they signed. Hey, he's suspended for eight games. What what's going to happen with that? When you know, are you looking at a timeshare in the second half of the year? Which I don't think it is. But uh, that's a lot of you know question there. Todd Gurley didn't get used a lot last year uh, down the stretch. What's going on with his knee? Uh, I you know personally, I think he's going to be okay. But there's you know the question marks there. Is Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville was, was been injured a lot the last couple of years. Uh, you know what what can you expect from him? So, yeah, it, it does get thin. That's like you like I said. I, I'm definitely thinking two or three. Le'Veon Bell even didn't play last year. What do you expect from him from the Jets? So, yeah, are there ten without question marks? There's probably not ten without question marks. Um, I, I feel like there's fifteen or so that I feel pretty pretty good about. But there's kind of, there is a, there's a lot to be worried about at running back this year.
0: Well, how about this, uh, Ryan? How about you? Uh, can you at least give us like a good, solid top five guys who you feel fairly confident in are gonna, you know, be the, the the primary back for their respective teams? And again, barring any kind of injury, uh, you know, should be pretty productive just even based on previous seasons.
1: Sure, Saquon Barkley, uh, I still have as my number one. Uh, you know, people are worried with the, the suspension to Golden Tate and and. Other injuries for the Giants. That defenses are just going to put 12 men in the box. But you know what? The Giants' offense was terrible last year too, and Saquon Barkley was awesome. He is the entire offense. He's going to catch a ton of passes. Uh, he, you know, he's going to run a lot of times. But he's still just the volume is just going to be ridiculous. So I still love Saquon Barkley. Uh, Christian McCaffrey would be number two for me. Uh, just the, the especially in PPR leagues, just the number of passes this guy catches. Uh, he is, again, the entire offense basically in Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton's injury certainly hurts uh, if that turns into something serious. That, you know, although he just is kind of the check down back, just, I think without Newton, it pretty much makes the passing game, I don't want to say irrelevant, but close to it. They don't really have a, a solid backup quarterback there. So uh, if there is no Cam, that certainly hurts McCaffrey, but he is still amazing. Uh, and then, Three, it's close. I still think Elliott, you know, Zeke Elliott's going to sign before Week One. I don't think he needs preseason, so I'm still fine drafting him. You know, I know Jerry Jones came out today and said they weren't close and it's a marathon or whatever, but I, I still I can't see Jerry letting a few million dollars get in the way when I think he thinks they have a chance to win. Uh, so I would still take Elliott third, Alvin Kamara fourth. No, uh, not a ton of carries. He's, he's not a twenty carry. A game kind of guy but he's dynamic anytime he gets in space he can take it to the end zone and he's also an awesome pass catcher out of the backfield and on one of the better offenses so Alvin Kamara is my fifth and my I'm sorry my fourth and my fifth has changed recently changed in the preseason I had David Johnson of Arizona uh, I think he's going to bounce back after last year new offense uh, you know with Cliff Kings right as their coach now a very explosive type offense, a lot of plays, a lot of passes, so he's, he's very valuable as a pass catcher out of the backfield. But I'm going with James Conner for the Steelers. Uh, their offensive line has looked great this preseason. Conner's looked great. Uh, and, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's in for a monster here. I, I really like James Conner. I think he could rush for like 1,400 yards and double-digit touchdowns.
0: One player you had brought up uh, last year, and I ended up uh, picking him up in at least one fantasy league uh, from a PPR standpoint, Chris Thompson of the Redskins. You, and I know, unfortunately, he kind of underachieved a little bit. Do you see any kind of bounce back from him?
1: Uh, you know, he might be like a, an end-of-the-draft kind of guy. Uh, I, I expect the... That's, I think, where I got him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, he, I think the Redskins' offense is going to struggle. Obviously, they, you know, with uh, Case Keenum a quarterback, that's not going to be all that great. Uh, you know, a lot of their offensive weapons aren't anything that you really get scared of. Uh, Thompson, you know, he's mostly a pass catcher. He's not going to, you know, get many carries with Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis in front of him. So there have been a couple injuries for him to see any meaningful carries. So he, again, would be a PPR only kind of uh, situation, but. <sighs> He burned me pretty bad last last year as well, uh, so unless it's maybe an end of the end of the draft wire, I'll probably at least let him start the season on the waiver wire and see how he
0: starts. Another guy you liked last year was uh, Jordan Howard, uh, then a Chicago Bear. Now he's a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, how do you think he's going to adjust with his new team, and how does uh, the rookie uh, David Montgomery fare with the Bears this season?
1: as high on him as I was last year. They drafted Miles Sanders, who so everyone really likes. Uh, Philly uh, in, in their history has generally been a committee-type situation. Howard could get a, a good number of touchdowns because he's obviously the bigger guy. Uh, I don't, I think Sanders Rook is going to end up with more, uh, more carries than him. As far as David Montgomery, he's one guy I'm, I'm real big on. Uh, and, you know, Terry Cohen is, is not a high-volume rush guy. If he gets 10 carries in a game, I think that's a lot. I'm not really scared of Mike Davis. So far, everything Montgomery so far has looked really, really good. So uh, Montgomery is a guy I'm real happy with. He's my second running back.
0: All oh, right. right. Uh, so kind of to wrap up the running back position, uh, do you have a couple of guys that you would consider sort of sleepers? Maybe you find Montgomery in that role, although you'd mentioned him more as a second back. I don't know if that defines him to be a sleeper. Probably not, unless it's a really shallow league, but uh, uh, maybe a couple of, uh, you know, kind of deeper sleeper kind of guys, and then maybe a, a couple of uh, backs that you'd like to avoid this season.
1: Uh, one, I'm going to go to my own team in San Francisco and go with Matt Breida. Uh, we heard news jerek mckinnon again uh, had another setback he's probably going to start the season on the injured list so that leaves breeda and uh, tevin coleman in the backfield and both i think are good coleman's a little more of a pass catcher uh, and breeda's a little more of the runner uh, but if you watch him at all last year he just this just he gets so much effort uh, and that uh, he just gets better production than I think he should, uh, and I think he's going to be as long as he can stay healthy, which you know is kind of the caveat for anyone at this point. But I like Matt Breida; I think he's going to have a really good year. Uh, Kalen Balaz is a runner for the Dolphins. Kenny uh, Drake has been hurt a lot this preseason, and Balaz has taken uh, taken the bull by the horns and, and really looked good from camp to preseason. And uh, I think he's going to he has carved himself out a meaningful role. Uh, even if Drake is able to stay healthy. So he's somebody that you can get it's like the 40th of the running back off the board. And then another one I like is uh, the Bills running, uh, rookie running back, Devin Singletary. Um, he's behind LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore, but they're about 90 years old combined. Uh, and neither one is, you know, they're both kind of coming to the end. LaShawn McCoy last year looked really lost. Uh, I don't think another year is going to make him much better. So this one might take a little while. You might not be able to see, you know, see, reap the benefits of this one until October. Maybe you know, it's not even somebody you draft, but keep your eye on Devin Singletary and the, the, the Bills.
0: Is that Mike Singletary's uh, kid, by the way? Uh, the I former there? Oh, okay. i just just curious.
1: Uh, a couple of guys I'm worried <laughs> about, and this is not talent at all, but I am a little worried about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, didn't play last year. Signed a big contract with the Jets. The offensive line is not as good as it was in Pittsburgh, and the coach has kind of, Adam Gase has kind of come out, this is a while ago now, but kind of come out and said, you know, he wouldn't have spent all that money. Wonder, like, it kind of makes me a little nervous. You know, Gase is kind of a wild card, got to Miami, traded JGI away right away, and I uh, just, I don't know. I, I haven't taken Bell at all. He's, you know, top ten back. I love his talent. He's he's awesome. You know, he's he's a great patient runner. He's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. I'm just if I do draft him, I'm just a little worried about him. Uh, another guy I'm worried about is Marlon Mack with Indianapolis. Is if we continue to talk about Indianapolis, you'll find I'm really worried about pretty much everyone uh, with Weaver <laughs> set at quarterback. Yeah, uh, a nice guy, I'm sure. But uh, you know, two years ago when he was the. the the quarterback for the whole season it wasn't exactly an offensive powerhouse for the uh, the Colts and I just think with him and quarterback Mac is going to see a lot of uh, a lot of defense in the box against him this year so he's a guy that I really liked until Andrew Luck got hurt
0: yeah the old the old 11 in the box and of course uh, I don't think you're feeling any more optimistic about about the Colts given uh, today's news that Brock Osweiler I, I guess paid a visit to uh, Indianapolis uh is an option uh one of the things uh I was doing uh we did a I did a Patriots preview with my uh, regular co-host Howie McClellan and we kind of uh Howie had brought this up with me that you know maybe the Patriots and I don't know if the Colts want to make a trade with the Patriots but you know it looks like the Patriots probably aren't going to carry three quarterbacks so Brian Hoyer is available he kind of knows Indy's system a little bit uh, so there, there's that part of it, and then additionally, maybe there's like a tight end on the uh, on the indie roster that uh, could be of some help for the Patriots. I'm not sure the Colts want to go out of their way to help the Patriots in any way, even if it could potentially help themselves, but. Uh you know, and I i mean, I certainly don't think Eric Ebron uh, would be an option going to the Patriots for uh, for Hoyer straight up. But uh, I don't know, maybe a Jack Doyle, perhaps. I'm not sure. I mean,
1: that would be that would be great for the Patriots. And that would fire Jack Doyle up everyone's draft boards. But, um, you know, as, again, I spoke a little earlier. I'm a 49ers fan. We did have Brian Hoyer for a short period of time. And uh, I would think Jacoby Brissett might be the better option there. Uh, <laughs> he's a uh, he's a okay player. He really seems to like to overthrow receivers from what I watch. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I think Brissett might be a better
0: option than Hoyer. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, uh, Hoyer's had a decent uh, preseason for the Patriots, but then again, Obviously, you know the last couple weeks, uh, Belichick has uh, wanted to give Stidham more of a look. So Hoyer has been sort of pushed to the side. I think ultimately, you know, with just roster spaces being as valuable as they are, I just, you know, no team really carries three quarterbacks unless they absolutely have to, and I, I don't think the Patriots will in this case either. Uh, so Hoyer will be made available to you know in trade, and obviously the Colts now have a a little bit more of a need at the position if they're if they're inviting. Bra- proc Eisweiler for a visit then uh, you know they you know they're uh, <laughs> you know they've got some openings at that spot but you know what Ryan why don't we uh, since you just brought up your team the San Francisco 49ers let's uh, use that to kind of segue as we get off the running back position maybe into some other positions uh, I figured maybe the next place we'll go will be quarterback and uh, so let's talk about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo who's had kind of a little bit of an up and down preseason returning off of that uh, you know ACL injury that knocked him out for most of last year uh, what are your thoughts on Garoppolo, where would you uh, put him on the board? And maybe uh, what other 49ers? I mean, I'm seeing a lot of early love, uh, you know, for their tight end, Uh, George Kittle, who, uh, you know, may become, uh, you know, the Niners version of Rob Gronkowski.
1: Yeah, he certainly looks like that. He was uh, amazing last year. He broke, I think, the shortest time ever for a a record. Travis Kelsey had set the record for most receiving yards by a tight end earlier in Week 17, and then Kittle broke it in the late game. Uh, So I think Kelsey had the record for about two hours. Uh, But he's just – the best thing about Kittle is the yards after the catch. I mean, not only does he have good hands and he makes the tough catches, which, you know, as tight ends, they generally go over the middle of the field a lot, but he would take an an eight-yard catch, and all of a sudden he'd be in the open field 70 yards down the field. He had no idea how it happened. Uh, He's Just elusively fast. I don't know – you know, a better way to put it than that, but he is uh, definitely a revelation last year. You know, the guy that they had drafted, not not high, I think he's a third-round pick, uh, but he is certainly paying dividends. Uh, all reports are, you know, he worked hard in the offseason and looks like he's ready to, uh, to do it again, and I have him as my second overall tight end after Kelsey, um, just in front of Zach Ertz, who I really like in Philadelphia, but I just think that, uh, you know, Hertz is, is more kind of like the 80s tight end. You know, he goes over the middle, catches the eight-yard pass, but he does it 80 times during the year. Kittle's a little more new wave where, um, you know, he gets the, the yards after the catch, helps him out as well. Uh, as far as Jimmy is concerned, I love him. I have his jersey already. You know, great high hopes for the guy. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, it comes down to this. You know, what I said earlier when we were talking about Brady, it's just that the position is so deep that I don't think there's any way he's your, you know, Weekly starting quarterback. If your roster allows you to hold two quarterbacks, I love him as a second option. Uh, I think this, you know, the sky's the limit. I think he has a world of talent. Do so I think he could be a top ten fantasy quarterback? I really do. Uh, but we saw what six games from him two years ago, and not that many last year. So uh, I think there's just many guys in front of him with longer track records that I you know I feel a little more comfortable about. But you know, I, the talent is definitely there. Uh, the system is definitely there. Kyle Shanahan is is a great offensive mind, so it's not that I doubt Jimmy. I just am a little more worried about him than than other guys in front of him. So twentieth uh, quarterback or so, you know, if you you wait a while to take your second, I think he's a a good option. And you know, you have to think about the injury from last year as well. Uh, but he's 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 a a back end of the, the second quarterbacks to
0: me sure well he he still has to prove he's durable for a 16 game season and that he can uh you know last uh, the whole season i i can understand your love uh you know with and everyone's love for George Kittle. And and part of it, I think, is as I look at the uh, 49ers depth chart, particularly at the wide receiver position, I mean, you're the Niners fan, Ryan, so fill me in on some of these names. I've never heard of them. Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd. I mean, uh, you know, I see Jordan Matthews way at the bottom of that depth chart where he probably belongs, but I've never heard of any of these other guys. Do any of these guys have any kind of fantasy value, even as like potential sleepers at the wide receiver spot?
1: Well, Dante Pettis definitely does. The second half of last season, he really uh, he finished very strong, uh, and a lot of people were very high on him coming into the year as kind of a a mid-third receiver. So you know, about the maybe 28th to 30th receiver off the board, and he's kind of been in Shanahan's doghouse this uh, preseason. Uh, he's been playing longer than everyone else. Uh, Shanahan has said more than one occasion that Pettis needs to prove himself and earn his role when a lot of people thought he was just the de facto number one receiver for San Francisco, uh, he was very explosive last year. And I I still think that Shanahan is just trying to light a fire under him. Um, I, I think he's still going to be their top receiver this year, uh, wide receiver. Obviously, I think Kittle will be their you know, best receiver. Um, but I, I think Pettis is someone that I really, really like, despite the fact his preseason hasn't exactly gone well. Uh, Debo Samuel is a rookie they drafted this year. Uh, he had a couple touchdown catches, and I think the second preseason game, uh, he is he is drawing, uh going towards the end of fantasy draft. So, you know, if you're, you're trying to throw a flyer on somebody. People are are, are liking Debo. Marquise Goodwin has been around a while. He's not a high volume reception guy. He's more of the deep bomb, uh, deep threat kind of guy, like the Alshon Jeffrey that kind. Not, not as good, but
0: you know he's going to have
1: 50 catches, uh, but might have eight or nine touchdowns. And Taylor Hurd is a, another guy they drafted this year. He's kind of like a hybrid tight end wide receiver that you know, Shanahan has kind of said he wants to do a million things. He, likes, he wants him to be the Swiss Army Knife, uh, You know, sometimes in the backfield, sometimes a tight end, sometimes a wide receiver. Uh, he's had a touchdown catch this preseason as well. I'm, I can't wait to see what they do with him. Um, I'm not sure about his fantasy value. Uh, I think he's going to be more valuable to the 49ers than he might be to your fantasy team. But uh, a lot of guys to keep your eye on because, like I said, Shanahan is, is all the, a very good passing offense. So the can't all go to Kittle. I, I like Pettis a lot, and I'm interested to see where else it goes.
0: Yeah, again, you know, uh, Shanahan does have that reputation, at least, of being able to maybe turn uh, Chicken Bleep into into something uh, that resembles a chicken. So so he's got that. Uh, Staying in the Bay Area for just a moment, and I don't know how much of Hard Knocks you've watched uh, this year. I know last year, and we brought this up on last year's show— To me, you know, I'm watching the Cleveland Browns, and they didn't look very organized or anything on the Hard Knocks show during training camp. Yet they go out and uh, almost finish 500, almost make the playoffs, and uh, you know, obviously now seem to have uh, some good fantasy players, and we'll we'll talk some more about them later. Uh, But but again, staying in the barrier Bay Area with this year's uh, Hard Knocks team, the Oakland Raiders. At last year, I'll be able to say that, Um, but uh, they haven't come off necessarily looking. full of talent either although obviously you've got the Antonio Brown issue there and perhaps uh, maybe down on the depth chart uh, Keelan Doss who seems to be a a star on the Hard Knocks show I don't know where he's an undrafted free agent Uh, are there any Oakland Raiders I mean have you watched Hard Knocks at all this year I mean are there any of those guys outside of Brown that you think have fantasy value and and even Brown himself where do you think he uh, fits in on the uh, the
1: well Despite his ridiculous antics and this new helmet problem that he's causing, uh, Brown is probably still a top ten wide receiver. He uh, just got to hope he finally gets himself together and stops those. You know, there's two thousand guys in the NFL. One guy's complaining about the helmet. No one else is complaining about the helmet. It, it, it,
0: even even Tom Brady, who for the longest time uh, wore the old school helmet and has reluctantly switched to the new one.
1: Yeah, but he, I mean, he didn't come out and file grievances against the team. And stuff. Right,
0: that's my point. I mean, he and and if you know, maybe Brady would have been someone who might have had a right to because he was sticking with that old school helmet longer than you know most of the guys. Uh, you know, as everybody else was transitioning to the new one.
1: Yeah, Derek Carr, quarterback. Uh... Someone I'm going to have below Garoppolo. I don't know what to expect from this team because I don't know what the hell
0: John Gruden's doing. I, if you've watched Hard Knocks, I don't think anyone else knows either. Yeah, I'm completely <laughs> baffled by this guy. Like, I don't know
1: if he came out of the booth just to get paid and is just, like just trying anything to see what happens because he's got 100 mil coming one way or the other. So the Raiders fascinate me as well. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, they do have a rookie. They drafted out of Alabama, Josh Jacobs that people either really like or are kind of afraid of. And here's, and I'm on the kind of afraid of, I'll draft him, but if you look at his college career, he never had more than like 120 carries in a season. I'm mean, sorry, yeah, in a season. So so now you're gonna go to a league where the guys are bigger, stronger, faster, there's six more games on the schedule than there was in college, and you're gonna carry the ball 250 times. like. So you're going to take double the hits from guys probably 50 pounds bigger than you took out of college, and you're going to last all season. That's a concern. His talent is amazing. I think, you know, if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a very good year. Uh, and like I said, I don't know if that's a concern is enough to not draft him, but he's going pretty high. He's going in the third round, late second round. So he's a high draft pick as far as fantasy is concerned. Uh, and the, the Raiders offensive line isn't exactly fantastic. So, uh, Jacobs is one I, I've cautiously hit the draft button on before, uh, just because it's, and it's all a tough game. Uh, so I'm interested to see if he can, he can make it through the, make it through the season. From the wide receivers, obviously you have, um, Antonio Brown. And then after that, you know, Tyler Williams has come over. He signed a pretty decent sized contract as well. He came over from the Chargers. He is another low volume high touchdown kind of guy uh even if something else happens with antonio brown and for some reason he decides to sit i don't know tyrell williams doesn't turn into this big great receiver uh he'll probably score seven touchdowns and catch 50 balls he's okay uh you know, nothing you know a dart throw at the end of a draft maybe uh they drafted this kid hunter renfro who would be like the for like a cowboys cole beasley kind of guy you know? yeah the kid from kind clemson yeah, it's a good, decent number of receptions, but not a big guy. And at tight end, they have kid Darren Waller, who is a converted uh, wide receiver, who from all accounts is, you know, drawing raves this offseason. And as someone, if you really, really wait on tight end, or if you'd like to have two for that bye week from your, your first tight end, is someone to definitely take a look at
0: yeah haller's uh, some or Waller I should say Darren Waller someone they've been spotlighting on uh, hard knocks as well uh, the last uh, a couple of weeks okay let's uh, kind of start getting back into positional uh here so we went through the running back position how about your top five quarterbacks uh followed by a couple of sleepers and then maybe a couple of quarterbacks you just don't want anything to do with.
1: I was close to having luck number one, uh, but I guess I still can't stay away from Patrick Mahomes, uh, especially with uh, Tyreek Hill now reinstated. Uh, so there's no way that that you know he loses his best weapon. Uh, number two is going to be Deshaun Watson of Houston. Uh, had some trouble staying healthy a little bit, but he is just he's a great quarterback. Obviously has uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. And he's just got a, a number of good weapons and can also run the ball. Uh, number three. I gave Aaron Rodgers uh, hasn't had a good year the past couple of years, if you look statistically, but, of course, he's still one of the best out there. He's got a few good um, wide receiving options. Obviously, Devontae Adams is, is his best and he's got a new coach and a new system, you know, the whole Mike McCarthy thing has kind of run its course, I think, in Green Bay, so it's good for him to uh, to get a fresh start there.
0: Yeah, Ryan, not to interrupt you in the middle of your countdown here at quarterbacks, but you know, you bring up Rodgers and you bring up the new coaching. Last on, on our show last year, you brought up how little respect you had, or, or you at least were questioning, when Matt LaFleur was the assistant or the offensive coordinator running things in Tennessee, you weren't that crazy about him, as it turned out, the, the Titans offense, uh, you know, struggled at times, and we know. There is supposedly some kind of friction there between uh, Lafleur, now the Packers' new head coach, and Aaron Rodgers, as far as how they want to run that offense. And despite that, you you still want to put Rodgers as your third highest ranked quarterback because I don't know. To me, it feels like LaFleur's is going to be calling some plays, and Rodgers isn't going to like them, and you know maybe he's going to try to you know even sabotage his head coach by making sure. Well, if that's a Lafleur play, I'm going to make sure it doesn't work. Even if it's at the, uh, you know, detriment of his own team,
1: I would hope with the uh, the number of years Rodgers probably has left in his career, which you know he's getting up there, that he wouldn't do that, Mike. And I hope I said this last year. I'm not sure if I did or not. Uh, a lot of my concern with last year with the Titans uh, came from the quarterback position. I despise Marcus Mariota. I think he. Yeah pile of garbage I don't
0: know why he's still in the NFL let me uh you've jumped to the avoid part we'll we'll put a check mark next to Mariota that you don't <laughs> I, <laughs> avoid him like the plague
1: <laughs> I can't say more how much I dislike Marcus Mariota and think he's a terrible NFL quarterback
0: you know Ryan I think all you need to say there is that Ryan Tannehill is in the running to be the tight and starting quarterback and that's enough to answer any anybody he's in competition with you got to avoid that person and you got to avoid Tannehill too ideally
1: Absolutely, but uh, you know you can't avoid the, ta- the talent with Rodgers. It is there. You'd hope he wouldn't be such a child to, to sabotage his team and his offense. Uh, like I said, reluct- I put him there a little reluctantly because if you look at his last couple seasons, it hasn't been fantastic statistically. Uh, but but okay. the talent is still there. He has three real, you know pretty good weapons at wide receiver. Uh, should have a solid running game. They they've said they want to throw more to the running backs out of the backfield this year. So that's... You know, more stats for Rodgers. So,
0: okay, number four. Sorry, I didn't mean to get you off your countdown of okay, your no. top five quarterbacks. but.
1: <laughs> I am going to go with, and this is another one, not, not reluctantly because I don't trust the talent, but I'm not as big fan of his as Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Uh, you know, obviously adding Beckham, who I also despise, uh, but is worldly talented, helps him a lot, Jarvis Landry, uh, a solid running game, a good tight end. Uh, and he certainly has the swagger. There's, there's no doubt about that. He, he wants you to know how good he is. Uh, and he certainly performed that way last year. I think he threw 28 touchdowns and I want to say, 12 games. Uh, so the sky is the limit for this kid. And I think he's going to be a, a star this year. And fifth, I am going to put uh, – I like Carson Wentz a lot. Uh, I think he's going to be able to stay healthy. Um,
0: you liked him last year too, I know. You uh, were singing his praises. I, I, and, of course, he couldn't stay on the field the whole year.
1: So we'll see what happens this year, but I definitely do like him. Uh, Guys to avoid yeah, clearly, (laughs) Marcus Mariota is right up there. Uh, And the the two other guys are not because I don't really care for them, but I'm a little afraid of where they're getting drafted. Is Jameis Winston? Uh, You know, Bruce Arians goes to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden people think that the offense is going to turn into this great, amazing thing. And I I just haven't been proven yet from from Winston, and he's going drafted like among the top ten quarterbacks, and. That's a little rich for my blood. And the other one is Kyler Murray, uh, the number one overall pick. He went to Arizona. Again, people are really excited about this offense that's going to be run, but he hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet, or at least as far as the regular season snap in the NFL. He's also being drafted among the top 12 uh, quarterbacks, and that's a little rich for my blood as well. So, um, Not that I don't like Winston and Murray's talent, Uh just question the draft pick a little bit.
0: Okay, so more so in that case, it's not so much avoid them, but avoid them at least where they're being drafted in most leagues, which is a lot higher than you think they should be going.
1: Yeah, if you can get Winston or Murray as your second quarterback, I'm all on board. Uh, as your first, you know, if you if you do it as your first, get Brady as your second, get Phillip Rivers as your second, you know, get Kirk Cousins as your second, uh, you know, get get somebody with a little more track record, just in case you know they go boom.
0: Who do you want to throw into that like kind of sleeperish category? You brought up Cousins. Uh, I had him last year and liked him a lot, and I, I certainly uh, wouldn't be shy if uh, his name was there again this year for me uh, to to probably try to pick him up.
1: Yeah, and like there's veterans, uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins and guys like that who are available later on. Uh, younger guys, I really like um, Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. I think he showed some some good signs last year, and I think he's going to take another step forward this year and. Uh, Jet Sam Darnold has looked amazing this uh, this preseason. I expect him to, to be good. I, I don't expect him to be a top you know twelve quarterback, but he's going to take a nice step forward and could be you know startable in certain weeks.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the wide receivers then. I know we've kind of talked uh, here a little bit about some of them. Uh, you know, some of the big names, of course, uh, Antonio Brown, and you brought up Odell Beckham Jr. with the uh, with now with the Browns. Uh, you know, who do you uh, – you, you give us your, your top five there and, uh, you know, maybe a couple sleepers, a couple of, uh, you know, guys that are like total waste products. And I'm just I'm trying to change up the wording here. So, you <laughs> know, I don't de- know.
1: Definitely DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. Uh, I'm sure I talked about him last year. He is my man crush of all man crushes in fantasy football. I just think throughout his career he's had one garbage quarterback after another and has always continued to produce. Uh, him and watson are just a match made in heaven and i just expect hopkins to be the top uh, receiver this year uh Devonte adams of green bay would be my number two uh just a touchdown machine and, and just added uh, a good number of receptions last year as well my third is going to be michael thomas of uh, new orleans just he's just a beast i don't know that anyone can really guard him or shut him down he's big he's strong he's tall He's a great uh, red zone target for, for Drew Brees, and he's on one of the better offenses in football. Um, Michael Thomas is my number three. My number four is going to be, as much as I don't like to put him, Tyreek Hill um, with his off-the-field exploits. I certainly feel a little dirty if I would pick him in a fantasy draft, but uh, him and him and Patrick Mahomes are also a dynamic player. Uh, Duo. He certainly can take any catch
0: and take it all the way. And again, to reiterate, on Hill, I guess is this relatively breaking news. When did he get reinstated? Was it t- earlier today?
1: No, it was a little while ago. They oh, it was
0: ago. okay. All right, I'm yep. kind of out of the loop on that. That's why we're doing this show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should
0: probably know this already before I'm drafting, but yeah, okay. Last
1: is going to be Julio Jones. Uh, I've had a long-standing feud against Julio Jones just because I don't think he scores enough touchdowns. And then last year. He did really
0: well, so I. Well, he didn't score enough touchdowns in Super Bowl Fifty One, which was okay by me. I mean, I.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he certainly didn't. But he's, he's otherworldly talented. I, I can't argue with that. Uh, so I, I you know, as much as it's my grudge, I still have to put. I can't be stupid. I, I put him in my top five.
0: Yeah, this is still one of the deeper positions as I look at it, because there's just so many other names. Uh, you, uh, you know, you, you know, either of the uh, Vikings receivers, uh, either Thielen or uh, Diggs. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster probably gets to step up now and assume that that number one receiver role for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Julian Edelman, of course. Uh, you know uh, the, you know, him and Brady. We all know what they have going. Uh, you know, but uh, you want to throw a couple of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking you didn't want to list those or name those guys as sleepers, so how about uh, your potential sleeper receivers? and uh, uh, Well, actually, one name you did bring up last year that you really liked, and I have to think you like them more this year because of the quarterback change down in Jacksonville, and that would be D.D. Westbrook.
1: That was the first place I was going, actually. That was, that was going to be
0: your sleeper. I read your mind on the sleeper front, huh? That, to- that
1: was going to be the first one I went to, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, definitely gets an upgrade at uh, at quarterback. I think people are starting to come around on him. He scored a touchdown in the last preseason game, and I've watched his uh, draft position creep up a little bit. So uh, I'm not sure if he's going to quite qualify as a sleeper yet. But I love D.D. Westbrook. I think he's in for a really good season. Uh, another one I like is uh, Anthony Miller for the Bears. Uh, didn't have a lot. He was a rookie last year. He didn't have a lot of receptions. He was injured through part of the year. But he still ended up, I think he had seven or eight touchdowns, and it was only like ten games. So he clearly had a nose for the end zone. He's healthy. Uh, like I said earlier, I like Trubisky, uh, and I think that Miller is going to take a nice step forward, 75, 80 catches, and a good number of touchdowns. So I really like Anthony Miller. You can get him fairly late. Uh, another one I, I like is uh, Dante Moncrief, I think, is going to be the number two receiver for the Steelers now that Antonio Brown is out of town. And I don't nearly expect him to put up numbers that Juju Smith-Schuster did last year, but I think Moncrief is a guy who's going later who's going to uh, – is gonna out vastly outperform his draft spot.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, it didn't feel like luck was able to find him enough. He was always kind of on the edge of being sort of that breakout uh, receiver, but never quite got there. And now maybe paired with Ross, Roethlisberger, maybe that'll work out better for him. Um, for sure. I mean, yeah, it definitely uh, a deep position. As far as guys to avoid, is it almost more that you just look at the quarterback situation of a team and just say avoid the receivers from that team, or are there a couple of particular players, the you know receivers that you definitely wouldn't want to touch, even if maybe the quarterback is halfway decent?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's, it's the case. Kind of one guy that I was going to bring up is Chris Godwin, the Tampa Bay Bucs. Uh, he's just he had a nice year last year, but he is going. He's going among like the top 20 wide receivers, and I, and I just don't understand it. I don't think Tampa Bay's offense is good enough to support two top 20 uh, fantasy wide receivers, and Mike Evans, of course, is going to be the other one. I, I fully expect him to have another good year, but I think God, Godwin is a fine receiver, but he's just being vastly overdrafted. Uh, you have to take him in like it's like the fifth or sixth round, and I, I just don't understand how he got that high. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, obviously, the Colts uh, is. Absolutely tumbling down boards. I've seen some people say, "Oh, he's going to be okay." Look at the 2017 numbers, Perse. I know the, uh, the Colts offensive line is a little bit better, and you know has been there for more than five minutes. You know he, they the Colts traded for him to the Patriots like, five days before the season started, but you know he is what he is. Perse is only so good, he, uh, you know, he's, and he's a far cry from Andrew Luck. Uh, so if you if you're not getting T. Y. Hilton as your third or fourth receiver, I think you're you're overpaying for him there. Guys like Alshon Jeffrey continue to be drafted fairly high when he's really a 60-catch, six-touchdown kind of guy. Uh, personally, I stay away from Josh Gordon. I just don't think the risk is, is worth the, you know, the potential reward. Um, that's another one. I'm, I don't know if I'm alone on that. I don't think I'm alone, but I don't know if I'm in the consensus there. But uh, I'll, I'll pass on Josh Gordon.
0: Uh, if I want to pick up, uh, have uh, the, the best-named group of wide receivers, uh, would I be going wrong if I went uh, Juju, uh, Debo, uh, Bobo Wilson of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and Nikhil Harry of the Patriots? I mean, would that be like the all-name wide receiver uh, tandem? That,
1: that doesn't get much better than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Juju, Debo, and Bobo. I mean, that just uh, says it all right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. There's also,
1: Kiki Cootie in, in Houston. If you want to throw oh, him right. in. Right.
0: Oh yeah, and he was he was kind of coming on before he got hurt last year, didn't he? If I remember. Yeah, and then he got hurt again this preseason, so he's going to miss. Oh. That. Yeah, I I think I had him on my one of my rosters at at one point. I think that's uh I, I I can't believe I forgot his name there. Wow, okay. Uh how about the tight end spot? Uh give us your five uh your five studs and uh, you know and then uh, maybe like I say a couple sleepers and a couple of uh, you know total duds.
1: Kelsey, obviously. Yeah. That's an easy one to me. 100 catches, 10 touchdowns. Like yeah. He's
0: the new Gronk, right? We get that.
1: Yeah, yeah. George Kittle, I spoke about earlier. Zach Ertz, I spoke a little bit about earlier. There's a definitely, there's no doubt they're the top three. Uh, my fourth is Evan Ingram of the New York Giants. Um, you
0: you liked him last year too.
1: Yeah, and he was you know he's he's having a really hard time staying healthy. Uh, Giants' offense stunk last year. It might stink again this year, but I as, I can't I can't quit this guy. I just I just love the talent. It's there. It's just a matter of the Giants to to get it out. And then to me, it's kind of close uh for the fifth i really like uh oj howard of the bucks and i really like hunter henry of the chargers uh henry missed all last year with an injury uh you know came back in the playoffs but you know obviously that didn't matter for fantasy football Uh, but he's a he's a very very good tight end Uh, antonio gates is no longer a threat to him uh, so henry should be very good in a pass happy offense uh so i really like hunter henry and oj howard He's he's really good, Uh, you know. He's another one who can take any pass and take it to the end zone. Bruce Arians has liked tight ends in the past, so some people are really favoring him, even into the top three, which I think is a little much. But uh, you know, if he's not fifth, he's sixth.
0: All right, how about you know maybe a a couple sleeper tight ends in case you're you're waiting late to pick up someone at that spot because say the big three are off the board and maybe those other guys too, uh, and then uh, maybe just a couple guys again you want to completely avoid.
1: I like Waller, uh, the Raiders that I, that I talked about a little bit before. I like uh, Jack Doyle, who you brought up for the Colts. Even with the, the that was the one guy who did well with Jacoby Brissett. I think he had 80 catches that year. Uh, and I don't, I didn't believe in Eric Ebron to repeat last season. Come, even before Luck got hurt, so I think this even kind of favors uh, Jack Doyle a little bit more. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson is a rookie for the the Lions. That looks pretty good. Uh, Trey Burton, tight end of the the Bears. Didn't have a very good year last year, and it's first with the Bears. What uh, about Vance
0: McDonald to the Steelers? I mean, uh, I guess maybe you know. I don't
1: understand all the love. He was a Forty Nine er. He's I don't know. He's nothing. I, I never found him to be anything special.
0: Well, but he's and been he's, he's put up some good numbers, and you have to figure he moves up another notch on the depth chart with Brown gone, just on the on the you know receiver slash tight end uh, depth chart.
1: My problem with this is where he's being drafted. He's being drafted inside the top ten tight end, Okay. top eight, and that's a little much for me. That's where I, I draw the line. I don't know if I'd pick him in my top twelve, and I just see people in love with it. Same thing with uh, Mark Andrews of the Ravens. I don't get it. Like I don't know what these guys have done to get all this attention, but they're two tight ends that are getting all kinds of attention this, this preseason and. and Maybe I'm wrong. Clearly, we we talked about some things I liked last year that weren't right. So maybe I'm wrong again. But I don't. know. There's, there's a couple that I'm staying away from: uh, Mark Andrews, Vance McDonald. Uh, Seeing anybody else that I don't. Uh, yeah, I think tight end is going to be much better than last year. Oh, uh, again,
0: maybe Ebron based on where he's being drafted. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's probably you know he's probably tumbling pretty far with luck. But yeah, I don't think Ebron. If you're expecting him to repeat last year Jordan Reed is actually getting people are liking him he's already concussed I mean I don't know he's had like six concussions and 10 touchdowns in the last four years I, I, I don't know what, what, it apparently he has to die in the field before people finally think that he's not going to be any good uh as far as late round guys maybe I shouldn't have said that but uh, <laughs> that's all you know, right I, I, I just, we know uh, I you mentioned like, it lovingly <laughs> Greg Olsen, just because I don't know that he can stay healthy. He broke his foot twice last year. Twice in the same year he broke his foot. I think he was in the booth. Like, I, I feel like he's on his last leg. But they do have a kid, Ian Thomas, behind him. Look pretty good with Olson uh, when Olson was hurt. So, uh, it, not maybe not someone to draft, but definitely the second Olson goes down, uh, Ian Thomas would be somebody you
0: might want to add. Okay, well that's uh, good to know. You know I can't believe I uh, missed this on my all receiver name team. Uh, uh, someone on the uh, LA Rams depth chart, JoJo Natson could have Juju and JoJo. Now that'd be a combo. And the reason I wanted to also bring that up is I was looking at the Rams. Uh, no more love for Cooper Cup at the receiver spot. I mean I know you love him. Is, You still love
1: him. I, I, oh I didn't know that he would be considered a sleeper. I think all three of them. Well are he is listed
0: number two on the receiver depth chart right now with the Rams. So yeah, I right, think all maybe. three
1: of them are going within the top thirty. Uh, I would uh, actually all three of them are going within the top twenty on the site I'm looking at. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. I, I would love to come out of every draft with one Rams receiver. I think all three of them are going to be good. I love Jared Goff, uh, probably more than some other people. I think he's going to be even better this year. Uh, yes, I, I, you know Cup has the most injury concern of the three. Uh, you know, towards ACL last year, uh, but he's obviously okay. Uh, but yes, every draft, if I can come out of it with one of the three. I
0: come out happy. okay um, you know back to tight end really quick Jimmy Graham uh, I didn't hear you bring him up at all is he definitely in a void or maybe if he's available to you late in your draft you should uh, take a flyer on him kind of thing I mean you don't expect yeah. a whole lot out of him
1: he's I don't expect a whole lot out of him uh, Green Bay doesn't tend to, to, to feature the tight end very often. Uh, I'm on fantasypros.com right now. He's being drafted as a 16th tight end, so he's out of that top 12 uh, where you started. So as your backup tight end, yeah, sure, take a shot of him. You never know. I mean, he certainly has the history and, and, you know, the the track record of someone who who has had success in the NFL before. So uh, he he could. I'm just not expecting it. If he had caught 55 balls and 600 yards and five touchdowns, that might be a decent season for him, but it's not you know, all that great from a fantasy
0: perspective. Okay. Well, uh, this is usually the point uh, as we uh, near the, uh, the end of our uh, time here with uh, Ryan Hallam again uh, from fa- fighting, FightingChanceFantasy.com is the website. Uh, I'll give you a chance here. Is there any name on the board, any position that we did not talk about here during this hour that you think uh, might be... Uh, worthy of uh, some maybe late round consideration. Just for the record, last year the name you brought up in this spot was uh, Dante Foreman, uh, of course uh, currently a free agent now as he's trying to battle back from an assortment of injuries.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I was still big on him coming into this uh, You know, this offseason. I was hoping he was going to come back from his uh, Achilles injury, uh, argued with a lot of people about it, and then, not only did he not come back, he got cut. He went to Indy and then got hurt right away. So that was a, a terrible call. You got to stop bringing up my bad calls,
0: Todd. <laughs> <laughs> just try to keep you humble, Ryan. <laughs> but you have a chance to redeem yourself now. You got a you gotta name for us this year? Uh, it's like way under the radar.
1: Man, I think I gave out a lot of them.
0: <laughs> I... And I'll be targeting them all in tonight's draft. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, <laughs> Parker of the Dolphins. Now,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, I think he sort of gave that was a little bit of a tell in that response that uh, someone I should not go be looking at. But anyway, um.
1: yes. And I have somebody, and I'm blanking on his name. Uh, okay. Running back from Kansas City.
0: Oh well, I've got the I got Darwin the d-
1: Thompson, Darwin Thompson. That's who it is. Uh <laughs> You know, Damian Williams you know, broke out last year. He's a guy that many people in the fantasy football community are very, very torn on. Some people don't think he can handle the load and, and be as good as he was the, the, you know, for the whole season, while others think, God, he was so good at the end of last year that he's going to be even better this year. Uh, I'm fine with Damian Williams. Uh, they also brought in Carlos Hyde, who you know, has, has had a nice career, a, a very nondescript career. Uh, at least, especially in the last five years. But Darwin Thompson has looked very good this preseason. Uh, if Williams, Damian Williams, falters at all, I think he could be a guy who's going to be the next one up in Kansas City. And with that explosive, I mean, we saw what happened last year. But like Kareem Hunt was was great, and then you know he got suspended, and here came Damian Williams, and he was a league winner for you. So I mean, that could be Darwin Thompson this year if, if something goes wrong with with Williams.
0: Yeah, and, of course, if Thompson is going to get a chance to shine, he'll have to do it in the first half before uh, uh, Kareem Hunt steps back into the, uh, the fray for the second half.
1: Well, he was in Cleveland.
0: Oh, in Cleveland, I mean. Oops, yeah. See, again, this is why I have you. See, I can. Can you tell how unprepared I am for my? Uh, there is his name. Okay, yes, right behind Mr. Chubb on the Cleveland depth chart. That I was wondering why he was missing from the KC depth chart. I just figured because you said he was out the first eight games. Oh, you know, and certainly there are some guys on suspension here early on. Uh, you did bring up, I think, most of the the big ones. I mean, uh, for anyone else who's, I guess, uh, I mean, yeah, of the other names I saw. Uh, Rashard Robinson is probably way down on anyone's depth chart anyway, and he's out the first ten games, and you know no one else has a bigger suspension than that. So I guess we're uh, we're doing all right on that front, right?
1: Yeah, the only other one, like Chris Herndon, uh, the Jets tight end, got I think the first four games. Golden State yes. for the Giants has four games for. From what he said, is like a reproductive drug that he was on trying to get his wife pregnant.
0: Um, well, uh, you know, uh, Manny Ramirez uh, over in uh, Major League Baseball claimed he was on some kind of fertility drug, too, so maybe there's uh, something to that.
1: You know, and, and everybody's like, oh, so you know, he's trying to get pregnant so noble and everything. I'm like, these guys still got to know what's in it. I can't believe that there's not another. I mean, you got to check this stuff out before you take it, it's
0: Hey, speaking of banned substances in the NFL, I want to get your opinion really quick here, Ryan, about uh, Rob Gronkowski's newest uh, business venture getting involved with this uh, this lab, uh, this group that uh, wants to promote, uh, you know, CDB, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, medicinal marijuana, used to fight pain, not used to get high, and... You know the fact that of course no sports league he's, he's going to try to be an advocate for it and and go to the sports leagues and i guess say you know well if we can't take you know painkillers and opioids and all that you know we can't do that to combat the pain uh what about uh, supporting this which would of course mean that the nfl has to change their stance on how they see marijuana and maybe they've already kind of done that in the way that the commissioner reinstated uh, josh gordon after you know the indefinite suspension uh, he was uh, dealing with so I don't know. I mean, your, your thoughts about uh, about any of this, and could we see any kind of a change in uh, how football players uh, manage to manage their pain?
1: I will support anything that Gronk does. He's kind of my personal hero, um, so I'm all on board with it. I, I don't take CBD. I, my aunt and uncle are some of these crazy advocates for it, um, but I haven't taken it. Uh, from, from what I see, it's safe. Uh, you know, they apparently taken out of the part that gets you high is taken out, so it's not like, a, you know, a recreational type of thing. It's supposed to help you sleep or with pain. There's a million different things, and I don't know if these are just people trying to tell, tell you. Know, tells you it, it makes a world of difference for everything. Um, but, you know, I'm not a pot smoker, but whatever. It doesn't make a difference to me if that's what these guys do. If they stop beating women and beating their kids, and you know everything else under the sun, I'd feel a lot better than a guy a pot. Uh, so to me, it's kind of a it's an it's an overblown issue way more than than you know the other problems and things that are going on in the NFL. So it should be you know way down their priority list. But uh, it's uh, kind of thing. Maybe when Goodell is gone, things will change. I, I kind of have a hard, or maybe a collective bargaining agreement. The next time that comes up, something will change. But. Uh, I don't see a change in the near future. Maybe once Josh Gordon retires, they'll, they'll change it. You know, so they've suspended him so many times for it. If all of a sudden it's okay, he's going to sue the pants off of them. So I don't know, maybe that's the way for Josh Gordon to retire.
0: Yeah, sadly, I don't see a change of the commissioner's chair anytime soon either. Uh, but obviously, uh, I think I've voiced how I've felt about him over the years to the point where I've uh, refused to utter his name now for almost uh, 10 years, at least uh, publicly. So I will continue on that stance. And, uh, of course, now finally, as we wrap things up here, Ryan, I, I want you to, you know, I, I want to promote your uh, your website, of course. Uh, for those of you who are, you know, we got to, we just kind of scratched the surface, I think, when it comes to fantasy. Uh, but to get the real in-depth information, you want to check Check out uh, Ryan's website. It's fightingchancefantasy.com. You can follow him at Facebook, uh, uh, at Fighting Chance Fantasy. The Twitter handle is at Fighting Chance. Uh, you've got a very talented group of uh, writers. And, of course, uh, unlike uh, my periodic podcasts, uh, 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 you have a weekly podcast uh, where you, uh, you're you live. You take calls. So why don't you uh, uh, promote the heck out of that? Every
1: Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, Steve Rapid and I. You can follow him on Twitter, fantasy37. Uh, do an hour of fantasy sports. We tend to have guests every week. We had uh, Liz Loza of Yahoo Sports on last week. You give her a listen. That was a good show. Uh, we have Sam Lane on uh, this this week, uh, tomorrow, I guess, uh, from fantasy football statistics. Uh, and It's an hour of uh, fart jokes in fantasy football, basically, is the best way that I could describe it. Uh, not exactly the most technical or serious show in the world, but we get our information out there. We'd like to think it's generally pretty good, and hopefully make you laugh a couple times during the hour as well.
0: Yeah, I, I will admit I do get the uh, the occasional chuckle, and uh, not to mention, of course, you might hear a familiar voice on uh, the occasional podcast. Uh, if you if you listen to this one, then you might actually uh, hear a, a, the same voice over uh, over there as uh, sometimes I'm desperately calling you for advice. Uh. As, uh, as it were. Hey, by the way, really quick, I wrote this down. Uh, you know, I know you have a very deep, uh, you know, uh, stable of uh, riders covering uh, fantasy football. Polka Pat, is he still a uh, part of your coverage team? Or Sure is.
1: Uh, All he's, right. Uh, focusing on some hockey right now.
0: That's his big passion. But, yeah, definitely
1: still
0: part of the- On hockey, huh? Did he have uh, Did he have Bennington high on his uh, goalie? Uh, def- no, I don't. I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: I, I he who knows? He he knows hockey pretty well. I don't really pay attention to it, so God knows what he's got.
0: Well, well, Ryan, you know, it's again, it's been a lot of fun. I'm looking at the time here and realizing i got to get home and get ready for our draft. And I say ours, and you're, you're the one that you're running. So i got to get myself all uh, signed up and also manage to grab a bite to eat on the way home. So I'm going to do all that in the next, uh, I guess, in the next 40 minutes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Ryan, it's been a lot of fun as always. Uh, hopefully uh, we can do this again next year. Hopefully we've even helped a few uh, listeners out there with their own fantasy teams.
1: Definitely. Hope, uh, thanks for having me again this year.
0: All right. Well, again, that's Ryan Hallam from FightingChanceFantasy.com. That's the website. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter. He mentioned uh, the weekly podcast Thursday nights at 10 Eastern, uh, uh, Ryan and Steve Rappin. Uh, Don't forget, uh, of course, you can follow us on social media by searching Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook. On Twitter, our handle is at TOSTBMC. We'll give you links to the latest uh, podcasts as as soon as they're available. And, of course, uh, you can also check out uh, previous Time Out for Sports Talk TV shows on demand at BelmontMedia.org. We'll be back live with those coming up in September. Uh, so uh, we'll have you the latest updates. We don't have a date yet in September, but again, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and we'll keep you updated. In the meantime, again, one more time, I want to thank Ryan Hallam of Finding Chance Fantasy. And until next time, this is Todd Bloniars. want to wish you all the best of luck in your fantasy football drafts and remind you and thank you for checking out the TOST podcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. <laughs> back.